Welcome to Sarah and T, the podcast that focuses on professional vacation rental management. Brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company located in the mountains of Colorado, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services on the coast of North Carolina and Virginia. Separately, Sarah and T manage more than 600 vacation rental properties and are regarded as two of the top experts on vacation rental management. Together, they bring you this podcast to share their experience, have some fun, and let you know that you are not alone in this crazy business of providing short-term rentals to the public. Now, for the next 30 minutes or so, get ready to have some fun and maybe learn something. Here's our hosts, Sarah and T. We're back and better than ever. Happy December, Sarah. Thanks, Tim. Are you ready for the topic today, Tim? It's another content episode. It is, and it is reminiscent of an episode that we did before that I think some folks put in the Hall of Fame. So why not look at this kind of stuff again? The episode before, do you remember what episode it was? I think it was the top, like the first 10 we ever recorded. It was episode five, recorded on October 11, 2017. It was called... Seven ways to ensure you know what the face of your company looks like. And you told the most hilarious story about Steve Trover coming to your company. Yes. And everyone will have to go back and listen to number five to get that story. We're going to take a different bent on it today. Mm -hmm. I'm considering it a different bent. And it's really that, Tim, you and I, all of us, we talk a big game, right? About... We get inspired at these conferences we go to. We watch motivational speakers. We read books about customer service, entrepreneurship, leadership. And some of us immerse ourselves in that subject so much that I think we're convinced that our staff has already been inspired, educated, and given purpose just by osmosis. We do these retreats with our staff, right? Our management team. We come up with these great ideas. This is what we're going to do to change the world next year, folks. But are you sure the front line is with you? Yeah, because when the rubber hits the road, you have to take all that you believe and all you in your mind want your company to stand for and portray. You have to get your staff to believe it too. So just a couple of weeks ago, we decided to do a front line staff retreat. Of course, we do our management leadership retreat and I give them a book to read and have to have takeaways. And like I said, have these great ideas we're going to implement for next year. We thought we'd do an end of the year debrief with the frontline people. It was a great exercise in a number of ways. First of all, the management team had to run the company for a day. So that was a hoot. Right. <laughs> the staff came back the next day like, what have you done? You know? <laughs> You did this wrong and this wrong. But at any rate, we had the frontline staff together and we put some stuff out there. And I found out not everything trickles down to the front line. It sure doesn't if you're not laser focused on how to do that. And that takes time, Tim, right? It takes thoughtful preparation and teaching, constant upkeep so that new employees are indoctrinated. Staff feel like they have a say in the company mantras and beliefs. And also so you can sleep at night knowing that the newest property care tech is clear on the behaviors and doesn't do my what I told that story over and over about Steve Trover visiting. 
it's nothing bad against Steve Trover, by the way, in case you don't go back and listen. Um, but I think you have to work with your staff on the always and nevers, which we'll get into, and as well as the overall mission for your company. As you unfortunately figured out when you were at that all staff meeting. Does everybody on your team know the mission statement and the mission of your company? How about in your case, Sarah? I want to say yes, but I bet it's no. But we're going to do our all company retreat, I guess, this week. And so they're going to learn it. I'm going to get that into their brains in about two days. Just a quick caveat to that mission statement. If you don't have one, get one. Don't make it from top down like you came up with it. And everybody memorize this. If you can include people in it, that's the way to go. And if you can, if it is longer than what would fit, if you had to write it on the back of a business card, it's too long. So let's dig into that a bit because before you can really get your frontline staff acting, talking, living the way you believe they should as part of your company, you have to figure out, do you have vision, mission, values? And Tim, you and I might disagree on this about how much you have to have, how long or short it is. So I think there's two ways to do this. One is like Tim just said, he, you can tell he doesn't believe in the leader just teaching and preaching, meaning coming it up on your own with your vision mission and then saying, this is what it is. Now learn it. I think you're saying, Tim, ideally you let your team come up with it with you in the room. But if you do that, you have to be ready that it might not turn out exactly as your perfectionist self wanted it. Have you experienced that? When we came to our mission statement, yes, I would say so. I had a whole different idea and we boiled it down to one sentence and the key component service is what the key component was for us. And so, yeah, I'm not sure it worked out exactly as I had hoped, but it was our mission statement, not mine. And I believe strongly that employees will leave in that a lot longer and a lot stronger if they came up with it than if you just tell them what it is. So let's just talk about one minute thing, difference here. Vision versus mission. Do you just have a mission? a mission, or do you also have a vision? It's okay yeah, if you yeah. don't. I won't judge you. Yes, you will, but that's okay. Oh, all right. You're we, right. I will. We have a mission statement. We have core values, and we have vision. So, yes, I, I check all the boxes. Our core values are professionalism, integrity, and profitability. Not going to run from any of those. I want to do a whole podcast on that. And you should definitely get with Amy Hynoke. She's trying to define what professionalism is because it is hard to describe. It is. And it's the thing we talk about here is it's not something you can say about yourself. Somebody else has to describe that about you. Oh, good. So that's the tough one, right? Okay. So that's what you'll share with us. I'll go ahead and share it all because it's on our website. (laughs) And we're going to talk a little bit later about how much you do share this publicly. Clearly, we share it very publicly. In typical fashion, Tim and I are a little different. Okay. So our vision is inspiring people to experience their next adventure in Winter Park or slash Steamboat and beyond. So 
We put that in all of our emails, et cetera, inspiring people to experience their next adventure. I cannot tell you how long it took us to come up with that. So please love it. And then the mission is really supposed to be more specific to what you're trying to do. So vision is supposed to be high level. Mission is what you do to do that. And ours is provide a custom stress-free experience for every type of explorer. Get the word explorer in there. Isn't that cool? Mm. By offering high-end vacation homes, exceptional customer service, and by sharing our passions. So that's what ours is. But then we did the core values like you did, right? So you've got the three words, okay? Of course, I'm wordy. I couldn't do it just in three words, and our team couldn't either. So we went with get it right the first time, mean what you say, and say what you mean, put Mm. yourself in their ski boots. So see, you can't even have that one. Create fun and find your inner five-year-old. Wow. I know this is a little crazy. Make it right. And the last one is celebrate often. Don't burn out. Dance it out. Yay. (laughs) And there, folks, is the difference of Tim and Sarah. No doubt. You are on video, so I see you as we record. I noticed your eyes. Did you read that mission statement? Yeah. You don't have it memorized. So mean. I know. Well, see, that's part of it. You got to live it. I to know. exceed customer expectation in real estate sales and rental management by providing blue ribbon customer service. Oh, wow. So once again, also, everybody's finding out how Tim is so much better than me. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to say something about it. It's kind of complicated how we've done the vision, mission, and what makes us tick. If you had yeah. quit me, I would have gotten the vision. The mission is so specific. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I should have me- memorized it, but we we kind of honed it on inspiring people to experience their next adventure. If you had asked me about the values, I would have gotten several of them because we have signs and we like put them all over our office and put them. But I didn't want to screw it up. So thanks for calling me out. <laughs> Everyone's feeling bad for me now. So I'm going to have yes. to be mean to you. Uh, geez, great, great way to start the holiday season, Tim. Great. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> you called me on it. And that's why I want to revisit it at the retreat this week. And I think you have to be revisiting it often, often, often. And I do admit I don't review it enough. Well, that's the point of the podcast, right? Right. (laughs) We don't have a full grip on it. How is Joe, the maintenance guy, expected to understand it inside out and backwards and forwards? And so I cannot wait to hear how the retreat goes for you. We had some huge action items that came out of ours. We just want you guys to address this. Have we even addressed retreats yet? I mean, that's one of our three big takeaways here, right? Yeah, so so that was our background is Tim, myself, all of you, you have to do an activity with your staff, or if you're going to do the teach and preach method, you have to figure out, are you going to go with a mission and vision, just a mission, just a vision, and then have some values. I want to back up one second because- There might be someone listening right now that's like, whatever, it's a bunch of BS. Look, Sarah didn't even know what it was. And I will say that even though I was a little rusty, this is incredibly important in our company that we are at least talking about values and how to act to customers, to owners, to each other. We might not have the exact words memorized, but if you don't discuss this and dig this in with your staff, how can you expect them to just osmosis know what to do? 
there is no other way than doing this. So I find it incredibly important. Can I add there too? I think the old saying of, I cannot hear what you're saying because your actions speak too loudly comes into play with this as well. You can put whatever words you want out there. If you don't live it, like you said, it ain't happening. And so I hear fun, engagement, empathy, all these single words I think of when I'm hearing your values and so on. I am certain. Well, I've experienced it. I've been around your staff. I get all of that stuff when I come in contact with your people. Yeah. And it's great for them to actually read it before they say yes to getting hired because it gives a flavor of what you're about. So before we get to the top three ways of how to ingrain this in your staff, I did want to share the way that we came up with all of that is we did an all day offsite. So it wasn't easy. We read a lot of other ones because you just go ahead and get inspired. You don't have to start from scratch. And then you brainstorm in groups, you discuss, you debate, you write it on big boards and pieces of paper around the room, you whittle it down, and eventually everyone kind of gives in and agrees on something. And I think the last thing on that is this isn't just values on how you treat your guests. I think you should say, this is how we're going to treat our guests, but this is also how we're going to treat our owners, our vendors, and most importantly, each other. So when you think about Tim's professionalism word, are we treating each other professionally in the office? Are we treating each other with integrity? That has to check off on all four groups and it will make your company run so much more smoothly. And people like to know what the expectation is and they like to know the code of conduct. And this really does guide that. What do you think, Tim? I think you nailed it 100%. I nailed it better than remembering my vision statement. Uh, I'm not going to give you a hard time about that. I just was pointing out that if it's difficult for you, it's going to be difficult for an employee. So. Okay. So Tim, let's kick it off. The three ways to ingrain your values into your staff. Do you want to go with the first one? We've already said the word about 42 times. Starts with an R and ends with retreats. Retreats is what it is, which I just did with my staff. And I will tell you one of the things that was unique about that was that we had our frontline staff. And you know, I use this personality assessment tool and we arranged the tables by personality type. Man, that was cool because we broke them up into work groups. And so we didn't have all the dominant personalities sitting together. We had them spread around. We had sort of more of the recluses spread around. We had the real engaging people spread around. It was really cool to see the interaction amongst them. Oh, so you pick and chose like if there was a leader loud person. You put one in each group instead of four yeah. leaders in one group. Right. Then to gravitate to each other, right? Wow. There's people listening right now going, how does he have enough employees to figure all that out? So this is <laughs> the time Tim does this. I do want to do an entire podcast on retreats. If you guys like that idea, write into Facebook that you're, you dig it. I think Tim and I would have probably different ways we do retreats, but so many good ideas of how to make this all happen. Tim, when you have retreats, whether it's the whole company, just managers, just frontline, however you do that. What are some of the ways that you work with the staff in those retreats to go through the material of, of the values and how we treat all of each other and customers? 
Well, I'm going to, again, harken back to just a few weeks ago. At first, they are very reluctant. We, of course, did not have any of the department heads in the room because I thought that would make them even more reluctant, to be honest, calling a manager out or calling another department out. Of course, I own the company, and I had our director of operations, guest excellence there as well. So two of the higher-ups were in the room, but we presented some issues that were like, yeah, that is a problem. I'm glad you know that. And then so as we went along, things got more relaxed and more free-flowing. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, when you go bowling and they put those little bumper guards up on the side so you don't have a gutter ball, take the bumpers down, let them throw a gutter ball. It's, you know, don't have that safety net out there. Make sure they're, they know right away that there is no stupid questions and there's nothing off the table. Great. That's how you get better. Yeah, that's great advice. I always start by doing a little teach and preach. I think even though I'm not saying to just say, well, this is how we do it at our company. Mm-hmm. They do want to hear from their leader in person sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to give a pep talk and explain why you believe this as the leader of the company. So I do think we should all do that. Um, Isn't it funny because I'm sorry to interrupt them. I'm talking more this time than that's good. A couple episodes ago. Good. Several of the employees said that they had not seen me in that environment in a long time. You and I have done presentations together. <laughs> we put ourselves out there to the world in Charleston. My staff does not see that side of me very often. And they said that was really cool to see you, you know, full of energy and engaging and funny and all that. And like you said, they need to hear from you. That is so true because we've been on Zoom so much lately. And then you and I do these presentations in public at VRMA or VRMintel or on the podcast, but they don't get to see it enough and they want to know who their leader is. So, yeah. And you get me passionate about something, run in my company is what I'm most passionate about. So they got the full Monty with me, buddy. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I was a fly on the wall. Another thing I like to do at retreats is show inspirational videos. That's a little complicated because sometimes it won't play, but I've gotten a lot a lot from the John DeJulius conferences just to kick off or make a point on before you break into groups, get people teared up a little, get them jazz. You got to get that motivational vibe going to make this really the juices flow. Do you agree? I do. And we actually showed a TED talk from this guy who talked about being seduced by excellent customer service. That's what kicked it off. People were like, yeah, I love that. Uh, you know, the kind of thing. We, and we had two or three other videos we showed throughout the day as well. Okay. I want the seduced video. I use one that's a Ted talk. I think of the guy that got so inspired by the lady that gave him coffee. Have you seen that one? I think so. And it's a similar, but not the same. Okay. I'll get both of them for you and maybe we'll put them on Facebook. Last thing about retreats is group breakout sessions. I can't stress this one enough. There's so many things that come out of group breakout sessions. First of all, more people talk with one another. Like Tim just said, he puts personalities together, different personalities. They get to talk to people that they don't work with all the time. So they're creating new friendships, new connections, and they brainstorm and they know things you don't. And so we always work on, quote unquote, always and nevers. And I've talked about those before. You come up with three to five things you always do. For example, you always use the person's name. You always say thank you. You always this. And it's very simple things that everyone can apply. 
and then the nevers. And you can come up with, there's a bunch of different options for nevers, but I let them come up with those in the group. And then they joke about them later. Like, oh, well, you know, we never say no. We say, well, I can't do that, but what I can do. And Mm -hmm. working on how these frontline staff use the English language is an incredibly powerful thing. And then the other thing we do, Tim, which I think sounds like you are doing by bringing up issues at your company, I don't always know the issues that are near and dear to their hearts. So this year, we gave them a survey. They had to answer what to, one thing to start, one thing to stop, and one thing to continue doing at the company. Mm-hmm. That way, if they've thought it out, and then they're getting together in groups, and they're getting together in their departments just so they can really like create a whole bitch storm about maintenance, you know, (laughs) and they're going to come up with what to start, stop and continue. And then they present it to the whole company. How empowering is that for somebody on the front line? Love it. Love it. Love it. I also employ competitive games amongst the group as well. That's fun. Bill Neal's Spaghetti Tower. You ever done that? No. Oh, fun stuff. Yeah. Just to see them working together, and it just solidifies that bond. Again, I just was having a visual image when you were talking about people getting together that don't normally. I think we've created new friendships with some of these tables that we created, and then we won the spaghetti challenge. Don't forget that. Yeah, and then that person doesn't feel as intimidated to text each other during a busy time and say, hey, what about this? Or, hey, this is happening, instead of getting in our silos. So, you know, as humans, Tim, if we learn something together and we believe in it, we experience that together, we hold each other accountable and we have a common experience. And there's just so much to say about that. That's another That's another podcast. Let's go to number two. So first of all, I feel, and Tim feels, do these retreats. I think you should do them twice a year. I think Tim probably thinks once a year. I like the once, but I could see it for sure. Okay. If you By do- the way, let me interject here as well. When we started this podcast, I told Sarah, we don't have enough content to do 30 minutes. Yeah. We just did a whole podcast on the item one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wrong again. Yeah. I reminded Tim that when we get going, we can't stop. So the last two are pretty straightforward. We'll kind of fly through those to be respectful of everyone's time. The second thing to do to ingrain your staff in what you believe in your values and how to treat customers and each other is ongoing work. And you might think, meh, you mean I just can't do a retreat and I'm done? Nope, you can't. So you need to post all those values around. You need to remind staff, but also just weekly meetings in person or Zoom. Steve Schwab down at Casago, he reads a credo. Somebody in the meeting reads this credo of what they believe in and their values. Keeps bringing it up, keeps coming back to it. What are some other ways ongoing, Tim, that you keep this going? Well, first of all, at every company meeting, whether it's departmental or more significant, I call on the newest employee and ask them if they can recite the company mission statement. If they do, I reach in my wallet and give them $5 on the spot. So everybody (laughs) gets that down really quickly. So they have to stand up at the company and say it. And if they say it right, they get $5. (laughs) And a service tumbler. Yes. Come on. I'm going to more so applause of the group. Right. Right now I want a hundred bucks. That's what I want for the next one. <laughs> it's one Let's sentence. Buy a sandwich. <laughs> so we've got that. We've got daily stand-ups in the departments. And 
again, the monthly meetings, it's, it is important and you just have to continue to build on this. One of the things I'm going to jump in here as well. I learned from our friend, Amy Gaster workplace. Have you tried that? No. Workplace is a Facebook product. So it's basically like a Facebook for your company. Oh, right. And it is so much fun and cool. And people put pictures up there. One of our guys was changing a light bulb on a 20 foot ladder today. That picture made it. Every time there's a real estate sales closing, that makes it on there. Every time there's an anniversary or a birthday or whatever, anybody can share on there. It's just great for company morale. And that's what you're talking about. So that's really taken off for you. I remember when Amy talked about that a couple of years ago. Okay. That's a great way to get employees talking and sharing across departments. Mm-hmm. A couple other things is I don't see my staff quite as much as you do, Tim. So I do send a lot of emails to everyone highlighting guest reviews or owner comments with specifics back to our values and also recognizing staff that show those values. So really calling people out and saying, I noticed Robert did this or I read an email that somebody wrote and it was perfect, or they went above and beyond at 10 o'clock at night and unlocked the little kid that was stuck in the bathroom. <laughs> so, I love uh, that. Yeah. Cause, we, love- Cause we just forget that stuff. We move on to the next thing, right? Right. And I think sharing those values with the owners, vendors, or guests, like why not? And why not tell some owners about stories of employees? I mean, you don't want to be too braggy, but also shout it from the mountaintops. As I read, unfortunately, all our values instead of knew them off by heart, but we do put them in our marketing. We put it on our website. We incorporate that as much as we possibly can publicly because like when I read Zappos values, then I just automatically believe right away they do that. I mean, yeah, they have to prove it to me, but I'd much rather read they're doing that and and see that than hope they're going to be nice to me when I call. Does that make any sense? It does. And I have taken that tour of Zappos. It's the real deal. So good stuff. And then the other thing along this line, I think you suggested was maybe secret shop. Catch somebody doing something right Mm -hmm. and point it out. And if you find them doing something wrong, quietly point it out. But, you know, we all think of secret shopping as phone calls, undercover emails, undercover texts. But I go ahead and put my friends in properties and pretend they're a real guest. I tell them to call property care. I tell them to call our office and ask things and see what happens. I mean, do it. That's the only way you're going to know. Absolutely. Don't hide from it. Might as well hit it head on, right? Number three on our list of three ways that you can make sure you're engaging your staff How about making sure you do it on the new hire training? Get them immersed right away. We just started what we're calling the immersion training. We actually had someone start today. And one of the things we're going to do is put that person in every other department in the company Mm. for a time before they start doing their job. So they understand the culture. Brilliant. I also think that person should hear from you and other managers talking this vision talk, talking this mission talk, and realizing it's not BS that somebody just wrote down and never referred back to, but saying, we believe this and we want to explain it to you. Yep. We have a meeting with every department head with the new employee where they say, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is how you might interact with me. What questions do you have for me? And of course they make their way here and they get their blank index card. 
I actually had to apologize to this new employee because I could not meet with him today, but we're meeting tomorrow. And so he'll get his index card then. God, Tim, you're, you're just high up on the pedestal. Could ever achieve that? I mean, I have new employees I haven't even met yet in person. Please, everyone, stop judging me. Yes, I believe everything you said. I love the idea of them sitting down with every manager. I need to do that more with new staff. They feel tied in, and that they feel part of the team. They might have missed the retreat. They weren't there when you just did the retreat. So think about all that information and experience they don't have. Tim, I also think you should talk about it before you even hire them. I love that idea. How do you do that? When we're interviewing them, we say like, these are our core values. This is what we believe in. We're different because of this and get them understanding that some people might run away. I mean, some of them might be like, Oh, I don't want all that fluff. I just want to fix the toilets or whatever, but you have to let them know this is the spirit of my company. This is the culture we have. This is how it's going to go. You got to buy into this stuff because this is what we do. Case closed. That's great. I love it. I will say we have had some hires where we've discussed some of our measurements because we measure everything, as you well know, <laughs> Mr. Budget and everything here. And we've had some people in, in that 90-day period back away going, I didn't think you were serious about that. Oh, yeah. I just said pedestal alert, just that you measure everything. See, Tim really does what he says he does. That's what do. one of my values say say what you mean and mean what you say. And he does. I do. So actually. I'd love to go to one of your retreats. I'd love you to come to ours. Could you imagine how silly ours are? It would be fun. It would be Either fun. Way. And then the best thing is you just have to keep going back that new hire training. The best way is to keep going back to company retreats. Make sure you keep doing them. They're now a bit legend at our company. I hear older employees telling newer employees, oh, wait till we have retreat. Oh, wait till that. Because it really is a special time. And I'm so psyched that they love it. One thing I said at the very beginning of the podcast was when we did our frontline staff, we left the management team here to run the company. You shut it down. I don't know if I'm not as big as you probably. Although this year we have almost 50 employees. So yes, we're shutting the company down. We're doing a few things with distance employees to cover phones because that really can be stressful if you're in the right. middle of retreat and it's like, there's a major problem at a property. Yep. So we take breaks. They can glance at what's going on, but we shut the whole thing down. And then we have our housekeepers all come for lunch during the retreat. This year, we're doing a white elephant exchange during lunch. So all the cleaners are coming. Everyone's bringing a gift. And then we're going to do a 50-person exchange somehow. But of course you are. company. Of course you are. Yes. <laughs> and I told uh, anybody if they bring a candle, they're fired. It has to uh, be funny. Oh, Lord. Okay. So does that do it? Have we, have we schooled them today on ingraining in your staff how important the culture is? I don't know. Do you guys feel schooled? My hope is that it inspires you to create vision, mission, and values if you don't have that yet. I hope it inspires you to do offsite meetings with your team with some fun and also some work in groups and presenting to each other and bonding. I hope that it also gives you new ways and ideas of how to share those mission, vision, and values so that it's ongoing and your new hires get them as well. Great. 
you were right. I was wrong. Just so you heard it one more time. You have plenty of content here. <laughs> we have gone a little longer than expected, but I'm not going to let you go without a follow-up on the last week's not so hot off the press, but definitely happening. We all want to know about the couch. Yeah, I'll keep it short. I have an update on my Airbnb damage claim. Last podcast, I said how I was really disappointed that we didn't get reimbursed for all the furniture and all of the cleaning, the massive amount of hours we had to clean and also the carpet cleaning. News alert, there's a new offering from Airbnb called Air Cover. I'll post a video about it. It's the cutest video ever. I mean, they have the best properties in the world in their videos, by the way. Mm-hmm. But it, they claimed to offer $1 million of liability to all hosts. And they also claim that they're changing how they're doing damage coverage. And they're going to start covering deep cleanings if that was required by a, a guest because of overuse and destruction. They're going to cover pet damage, even if the guest didn't say a pet was coming. And they seem to really be loosening what they're going to cover. So between last podcast and this podcast, Tim, I got an email from Airbnb that said, we're actually going to cover the whole thing. And they swear it's not because I said it on the podcast. (laughs) So we'll check out what air cover is. And the reason this matters, again, is because Airbnb is still the system of record. So if you're a bigger company and you're using VRBO, you're the system of record and you can charge the guest if there's damage if you really were going to do that. But with Airbnb, you have no teeth. I mean, you can't do anything because you don't have their credit card. And so this air cover, I think, is to address those situations. So check it out on Facebook this week when we post the podcast. And they say it's always included and it's always free. Yeah. What a great PR. But I can say I did get reimbursed. So, so far it's working. Maybe they listen to the podcast. Yeah. And they hurry up and made a new thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, it does sound intriguing. It does say terms and conditions apply, but doesn't everything. So thank you, Airbnb, I think. All right. Well, that puts a wrap on another episode. Gosh, I cannot believe the next episode we do is going to be the last episode of the year, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my. What that? We're going to have to do the predictions. That's coming up. Okay, that's what's coming up then. And just remember, don't burn out. Dance it out, Tim. I love it. Great job, Sarah, as always. Appreciate you. Hope you guys got something that you can take away and get your folks all excited about making sure your frontline message matches yours. So long, everybody. Bye-bye, Tim. And that puts a wrap on another episode of Sarah and T, the Professional Vacation Rental Managers Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Music is provided by Ben Sound. Sarah and T invite you to join them for their next episode. But in the meantime, they encourage you to stay in touch through their website, sarahnt.com, social media channels, or give them a call at 336-612-1612. They love to hear from listeners giving them feedback on what you just heard or providing ideas for future episodes. We look forward to speaking with you next time on Sarah and T.